All right, everybody. Happy New Week. Welcome in the Concrete Jungle, New York Baseball Podcast. Coming to you live from the third floor, 12th North Park. 12 North Park. I think that's the proper name now. Fingerlakes1.com. Sun Falls, New York. Paul Russo. Collins alongside Nate Sharman working this buttons and cameras behind the scenes. Uh, how are we feeling today? Happy Monday, everybody. How are we feeling today? Good weekend for everybody. Oh, yeah. Doing really well. Uh, the weekend went well. The weather was pretty good for the most part. So, yeah, uh, couldn't couldn't really be better right now. Good. Sum up your weekend in Cleveland in uh, 30 seconds, Paul. In 30 seconds. I want the whole game recap in 30 seconds. Guardians lost. There were fireworks. I got bought a lemon drop shot at a bar afterwards because we were wearing Cleveland stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Nice job. Sheesh. Thank you. <laughs> so, Sounds yeah, like it was man. fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Definitely enjoyable. One of my favorite favorite places to go to, Progressive Field. So, um, as always, plenty to get to. Um, full weekend of baseball activity. Um, jump right in. Start with the New York Yankees. Uh, 53-20, and 20, still first in the L East. Uh, split the four games with Houston, 2-2. Um, sandwiched the Astros, if you will. Uh, Yankees taking the outer games, Astros taking the inner games. Um, was interesting, though, obviously. We'll obviously discuss what happened on Saturday and then obviously, um, I guess, really the start of the game yesterday on Sunday to a degree. But obviously... First and foremost, we have to get, of course, to um, the games that happened beforehand. Thursday, New York Yankees 7, the Houston Astros 6. Miguel Castro picked us up the win, 4-0, 4.15 ERA. Lawson blown save for Ryan Presley, 1-2 now on the year, 4.26 ERA. Your top performers, Giancarlo Stan, 3-run home run. Also included a walk on going 1-3 on the day, 2 runs scored there. Uh, Aaron Judge, 2-for-5 in RBI and a run scored. And uh, Kyle Evans, your favorite player, Aaron Hicks, went 1-for-3. However, uh, his home run, a three-run shot, walk-off victory on Thursday night. Yeah, not a big Hicks guy, but <laughs> that three-run shot was uh, the tie of the game was awesome. Loved the bat flip, loved his reaction. Um, and then Judge caps it off with a nice walk-off single. Just a great way I to bet, start yeah, the series. Right. I, look, everything runs together for me sometimes. Yeah, just a great way to start the series. and uh, But then it's kind of a different story as the next two games went on, but we'll hear from yeah. you about that. Really cool angle um, on the Hicks home run uh, coming from the dugout side, mm-hmm. watching the ball sort through the air. I thought that was cool. Kyle, yeah. I shot you, you shared that. That's where I saw it. Um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, MLB does a pretty good job now with um, – they're content creators. I know I went to college with one. Uh, he works uh, for the MLB. I know he's based out of Pittsburgh, though. And, I mean, they all do pretty fantastic work. It's um, you do what technology can kind of do now. So, uh, yeah, Friday, though, um, not as nice. 3-1 uh, Houston Astro victory over the Yankees there. Justin Verlander, 9-3, and a 2-2-2 ERA. Um, I hate him, but, geez, he having himself a year once again. Uh, Luis Severino. Picked up the loss, 4-2 now in the year, 338 ERA in the save for Mariner legend Rafael Montero, uh, his fifth on the year. Severino, uh, again, really good outing for him. Uh, this kind of has been a, a discussion point the past couple weeks for the Yankees where these starters do get quality starts and the offense doesn't quite get there. Uh, Severino, six innings pitch, five hits. Uh, all three earned runs went against him and seven strikeouts. Charles Stanton. 
one for four with a solo shot. Jesus LeMahieu picked up a couple hits and five at bats. So, um, yeah, again, just you know, like I said, I, I think the the story of that game was a lot of uh, you know, Severino did what the job that he had to do, and you know, the offense is not not quite there for him. Yeah, and the three runs that he allowed came on one swing of the bat. Uh, Kyle Tucker's three run homer, I believe it was the fifth inning, but it might have been the sixth. Um, and then the offense, you know, couldn't really get much going. So it's tough, tough loss. And then it got even tougher the next day, mm-hmm. as you'll mention here coming up. Yeah, I know. Um, obviously, get to that Saturday, a three nothing Houston Astros victory. Uh, Christian Javier picks up the win, five and three two seven three ERA. Garrett Cole the loss moves to six and two. ERA does dip below three though. Goes to two point nine nine now. And uh, Ryan Presley picked up the save, his 15th on the year. Uh, yeah, not not a ton of top performers for the Yankees. Obviously, Cole's pretty much your main one. Seven innings pitch, four hits. Uh, lone earned run for him and eight strikeouts. Uh, Downs and Hicks each had walks, but, uh, I mean, other than that, Yankees had, were on the end of a combined no-hitter by the Houston Astros. He uh, kind of been the M.O. for, I guess, the Yankees to get no-hit by the Astros the past couple times. This happened the last one was 2003, also against the Astros also combined no-hitter to that end as well. Yeah, the Yankees went 19 years without getting no-hit, and it just happened to be against the same team and a team where, obviously, if you're a Yankee fan, you don't like them. There's been a lot of history over the last few years, especially in the postseason, and uh, I think fans probably need to stop uh, booing El Tuve. doesn't work. <laughs> we had the uh, combined no-hitter discussion on this podcast, right? I don't know. Oh, it's it's fake, right? Yeah, I mean, I, we had that discussion. It's obviously no-hitter, but... It's it's interesting to me when you compare it to a guy that goes nine innings. The thing is, uh, Javier couldn't complete it. Uh, mm-hmm. His pitch count was already super high, and his season high or his career high was he already passed that by like twenty pitches, so he couldn't complete it. But I mean, a no hitter is a no hitter, and I think it's pretty tough against the Yankees kind of lineup. I mean, to to not have a hit through nine innings with that Yankees lineup, that's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, to me, you still have to give credit. I mean, you know, it's you can say what you want. I mean, I don't really enjoy doing the whole entire asterisk thing at this point. You know, either way, at the end of the day, you still have to go out and perform, no matter, you know, you go a direct length or not. Obviously, you know, Kylie brought up a really good point. Obviously, Javier's pretty much um, broke the ceiling on where he usually ends up anyway, you know, timeline-wise in a game and anything like that, so... It's tough, and then obviously, look, I mean, they only used two other pitchers at, at that point, right? I mean, it's not like they threw, like in 2003, they used six pitchers. You know, it's not like they did whatever they usually do, right? I mean, they went, I guess, I guess as classic as you can want it if you're a baseball quote-unquote purist at this point, right, where where it was starter, setup guy, closer. That That's what they did. So, um, while in this case, you know, it wasn't uh, – I think the true setup guy, but you know, either way, I mean, Presley was a closer out there and he, he got the job done. So, I mean, either way you have to give credit where credit's due to that. end. I mean, it's not, <laughs> I, I just, I can't name another team. I'd rather be no hit by, but uh, you know, it is what it is. It's baseball sometimes, right? It's baseball, Susan. So, um, you know, you just kind of have to move on and, and get going with it. Uh, to that end Sunday, a six, three Yankee victory, but it was not all, you know, sunshine puppy dogs and little baby seals for them. Um, Michael King picks up the win, 5-1 now on the year out of the bullpen. That's 2-4-5 ERA. 
Loss going to Seth Martinez, 0-1 and 1.02 ERA for him. Uh, Nestor Cortez did get the start there. Uh, no decision, five innings pitch, five hits, three are in two walks and seven strikeouts. But um, a good start for him. Good to see after the past couple outings that he has that, that were certainly rough. He kind of was back on track a little bit and getting pointed back in the right direction, I'd say, yesterday. Yeah, um, it was a pretty solid start. Um, he was asked after the game if – does he think uh, teams are starting to figure him out? Um, that could be the case. There's more video to watch now. Um, he's been facing teams over and over again, like the Rays. I think he's faced three times this year. I know the Astros he hadn't faced yet, but maybe teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. But, I mean, he's been doing this over a year, so what he's been doing is not, in my opinion, not a fluke. Like, he's really turned his career around. He's a much better pitcher than he was a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty pretty solid start for him. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, you know, and then obviously the main um, headline at that point becomes the Yankees were no hit for a grand total of, I believe it was technically 16-plus innings. Um, if you want to really break it down, if not 16 innings, congratulations, people. Um, yeah, that was broken up, obviously, by a, a Stantonian solo blast by Giancarlo in the seventh inning. Um, one one before, obviously, is a little hit being the solo blast. And then Aaron Judge uh, – had a walk, but walk off three run home run, and uh, the bat has been gifted apparently to Spike Lee. I guess I I don't know, but um, and shout out to DJ LeMahieu for tying yeah. the game in the eighth inning. True, true, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I good to see. I guess uh, you know the not clutch uh, Aaron Judge uh, come up clutch. Shout out Carabas. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I I I know we talked Thursday a little bit about this and. You know, I I, I kind of thought split to some degree the way I thought the pitching matchups kind of would go. I thought they'd go every other. I just didn't know how it kind of went. But they did. They sandwiched. Um, and obviously, history kind of played a factor a little bit on Sunday and stuff like that. But um, all in all, good good tests, I'd say, for the Yankees at this point. Um, you know, it looks like, at least for the time being, you know, barring, I think, maybe – two or three more brawls from the Mariners and Angels at any given one point this year or another. Uh, the Astros probably are going to be running away with that ALS at this point. Um, so, it, and look, they're still good. I mean, they're still, you know, for the most part, it's it's still that core that's been there since now since pretty much 2016, give or take a couple guys, obviously. But, you know, Altuve's still there, right? Bregman, um, obviously, you know, mentioned what, what, what Tucker was able to do for, for them anyway. Um you know, he's obviously very good. Verlander, um, you know, the the pitching staff itself is, is pretty good in Houston still. Yeah, and they I saw the pieces. I did see an interesting set on Twitter that I just checked out again. Um, over the four-game series, the Yankees' bullpen only allowed two runs. Mm-hmm. The Astros' bullpen allowed nine. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's just kind of just a rough stretch for their bullpen, or is that something to keep an eye on with them if they're – if that's going to happen, that's that's a thing to worry about in the postseason. Well, it's going to be something that um, Nero will probably want to keep an eye on. Um, so the running joke that me and my one buddy kind of have about uh, who came in the eighth inning to, to set up Presley on Saturday was Hector Nearest. And I always joke that you can take, um, <clears throat> you know, you can take Hector Nearest out of Philadelphia, but you can't take, you know, the Hector Nearest out of Philadelphia type. Um for those who don't know, Hector Nearest uh, was on the Phillies pretty much his whole career up until the midway point last year. Um, had a what's, what's this called a knack for blowing saves at a very high clip for a major league closer. Um, 
to the point that um, at one point this year when Presley was out, he was the closer for Houston. That's actually a good point how you brought up right about the bullpen issue there and everything like that. So if there is a a, a hole in the armor, so to speak, it, it is the bullpen for Houston. It still is going to be. I mean, I think that's the one thing that they have circled outside of maybe catcher, which I, I think it depends where you kind of lie on the spectrum of things playing-wise for them. Um you know, do they actually need the improvement there or not? Obviously, offensively they do, but, you know, behind the plate defensively they don't. I mean, Maldonado and Castro are, are I think, the two or two of the top five highest ranked in the MLB in terms of defensive catching metrics and stuff like that, uh, but they're bottom five in offensive output. So, uh, but either way, um, yeah, I mean, if you're Houston, I think you definitely have a problem with your bullpen at this point, um, you know. That that being said, you know, I, I, there are certain stats you can kind of look at, right? But your closer shouldn't have an ERA of 4.26, which is what the case is with Presley. And that's a glaring example, right, of how you look at it. Bullpen giving up 9-2 to two runs, comparatively speaking. It's not good, especially postseason where it matters the most. I mean, that's the way the game is played now in postseason, right, is you go until your starter is just pretty much – gone through the lineup once or twice at this point, and then you start getting into your bullpen guys. And it's a way bigger spotlight. Yep. Um, October, if these two teams are meeting again, way different spotlight. So it'll be interesting to see if they do anything at the deadline or to address that situation a little bit. I expect they do. but Or I would imagine they will. I mean, I'd imagine anybody can touch and is going to be. So uh, either way, let's uh, move on to some news and notes for the Yankees here. Uh, Glaber Torres. Uh, is day-to-day with a right ankle sprained. Uh, he rolled uh, his ankle yesterday, returning to third base in the ninth inning. Uh, cleat got – spike in the cleat, got snagged up in the dirt, just rolled over it. Um, Boone and the Yankees are pretty optimistic that um, barring uh, anything coming into today, he probably won't have to miss too, too much time. I'd imagine he'll be held out of the lineup tonight as a precaution anyway. Yep. Uh, but the way it sounds, they're kind of waiting to do anything anyway until he comes into the locker room today to kind of get treatment and kind of see where everything is at. Um, left-handed pitcher and closer, Araldis Chapman, make one more relief for, uh, made one more relief appearance for A Somerset yesterday. Um, the anticipation at this point is he will be activated off the injured list at some point later on in the week. Um, more or less letting him kind of rest up a little bit to make sure everything kind of settles in right before they do that. Uh, Ryan pitcher Jonathan Loisaga threw his first bullpen uh, session on Saturday. He is set to actually throw one again tomorrow. Um, still no true timeline yet with him, but the expectation is at this point is as long as everything goes good again tomorrow, uh, they'll probably go with some live batting and stuff like that before uh, making the next move. And, uh, Right-handed pitcher Domingo Herman will make a rehab start with Double A Somerset tomorrow after another successful uh, single A start a rehab start with Tampa. So uh, all in all, uh, good to see pretty much the pitching staff kind of getting back to full health to a degree, yeah. um, and hopefully everything uh, remains good with Glaber. Uh, overnight remains to be seen there. Obviously, according on a Monday here, Monday morning, uh, not quite everything gets let out uh, before a night game like tonight. So will remain to be seen there, I suppose. Yeah, uh, hopefully good news. Probably early this afternoon we'll find out. Lineup will be out at 3. Um, but, yeah, a pretty good uh, news on the injury front. Uh, Zach Britton's obviously th- still throwing bullpens. Um, I'm just excited to see th- uh, them get some arms in, in the pen. Like, I think Herman's g- going to end up in the bullpen, um, getting Loisaga back. 
uh, Britain eventually. I just think it makes the bullpen that much better because Lucas Litke has uh, really struggled. I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, and I don't think he has any options left. Well, and that's something so. we that is something we talked a little bit on Thursday about, right? Is the why would they be keeping, um, say, Manny Buenelos out as you know? And we know we said they only really have two bullpen arms that are left to you, and, and him and and Wandy up there. And you brought up a good point. Well, you also have, Lou, you also have you know Lewis up there, but <laughs> he says he hasn't been cutting it. So I'm guessing. Um, Guessing it won't be too too much long until uh, we probably see something happen with him. Also, also of note, uh, David McKay signed with Tampa Bay. I don't know if anybody saw that, so he he's back with the Rays. <laughs> I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll do us. That's the way it usually he'll goes. probably like open a game and some yeah. and just kind of shut him down for a couple innings. Yeah. That being said, you know, shout out to Ryan Ryan Weber through three and a third inning over the weekend for the uh, for the Real Riders in Scranton. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what we have on deck for the Yankees, they have a three-game set with the beloved Oakland Athletics starting tonight. The A's are 25-49, and 49, fifth in the AL West. They're a very, okay, so they're a very confusing team. I want to preface it with this. I know that they're bad. I, I get that. That being said, they're pitching, if you actually look at some stuff, they're oddly decent in the starting department, <laughs> which is why um, – you know, the Yankees will be, and it's interesting because, um, you know, one of the guys that will be facing projected starter tomorrow on Tuesday is Frankie Montes. Future Yankee. Potential future Yankee, obviously <laughs> being targeted, but they also have a, a couple other good ones. Positive uh, news for everybody also. All the games will be on Yes Network, so nothing to worry about there. Uh, tonight, 7.05 first pitch. Uh, this is a guy who, um, Look, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He was one of my last-round picks in fantasy this year, and it's turned out to be pretty well. Paul Blackburn, 6-3, a 2.97 ERA. He'll be going against Gumby, Jordan Montgomery, 3-1, a 2.97 ERA there. Um, again, that's probably another name you might see heat up in trade talks is Blackburn. Go ahead and say that. Um, Tuesday, technically TBA for the Yankees. I, I have it tracked as if it's Tyone, though, so that'll be interesting to see if that fully happens. But I mentioned Frankie Montas. He's uh, three and seven on the year. Tyone eight and one, three one nine ERA. And then Wednesday getaway game, one oh five first pitch. Cole Irvin goes for the Athletics, two and five on the year, three point two nine ERA coming uh, not as fresh off the injured list, I guess anymore, but start of the year there. So uh, he'll be going against Luis Severino, four and two, a three three eight ERA. Um, go ahead and say it. I, I'm, I am going to lean sweep for the Yankees here. Uh, not so much. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be anything that the Oakland starters can't do. Um, like I said, they're they're oddly really good when you look at things, all things considered. It's usually the bullpen and their offense just doesn't do jack. You talk about a team that um, it, it's interesting has been in the news actually the past give or take 10 days. Um, there are certain GMs and owners uh, questioning whether or not uh, they are feeling a truly competitive quote-unquote team out there. Um, and for their awful ballpark. Right. Well, that's yeah. – that's a different discussion, but I do agree. Not as bad as the trop. So, well, I don't know about that. I, I understand the hatred for the trop. <laughs> no, no, no. I understand the hatred for the trop. At least a Tropicana field, you don't have possums and raccoons falling into the press box. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're not playing in a dome and you can barely see. Fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> What's, I'm, both aren't great, but, you know, I, I, I think I'd run. I'd rather run my risk at the trop than at Oco. One last thing, uh, balls don't hit the top of the roof and fall down. So true. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. They're both dumps. So it's 
Jeez. You're not wrong. It's not, it's not nice, but you didn't have to say it. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to go sweep. I, I just, For sure. yeah, I, 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 like I said, I don't think it's anything so much that the starters for Oakland are going to not do. I think it's everybody else around them not going to do. Yeah, I, I'll say I feel like not too Oakland. long ago, Oakland was, like, kind of good. Yeah, last year. <laughs> they were in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah. yeah. They've been, like, a wild card team for the past couple of years, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same cycle with them. I mean, they'll be down the next two years, and then, you know, in three years they're going to be just breaking the AL West for, you know, just a path of dismay and misery. I mean, it's the same thing they always do. It's just that for because they get publicized with, you know, the money ball stuff and stuff like that, I mean, it, when they're bad, it just gets amplified because they're bad and people don't like it because I think at this point they kind of know what they're doing and, you know, just kind of trying to cycle it in and out. And I – I, I, look, it's not that far long ago that we aren't that far removed that o- Oakland's ace was Dallas Braden. You have to remember that. So, <laughs> I love you, Dallas, <laughs> if you're listening from afar. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the Mets. Um, 47-27, still uh, first in the NL East, albeit that gap has uh, kind of gotten chopped a little bit more here over the course of the past week. Uh, that being said, though, uh, they did take the series against Miami. Uh, we're a pitch away from taking the sweep pretty much, as, I'll, as I always call with pretty much any walk-off. We'll get to that in a moment. Friday, though, 5-3 victory there. Taiwan Walker picks up the win. Six on the year moves to 6-2, and two, a 3-0-3 ERA. Sandy Alcantara picks up his third loss on the year, 7-3. Still a sub-2 ERA of 1.95. Sugar Diaz picks up his 15th save of the year. Walker wins six innings, eight hits. Three earned and five strikeouts. Francisco Endor, two for four, a double, a home run, four collective RBIs on a run score, and Mark Hanna, solo shot as well. So nice offensive output uh, for the Mets there to kind of pick up Taiwan Walker, um, give him uh, the result that he deserves. He, he'd been on the short end recently of a couple games like that. So good to see that. Um, more or less uh, – the bullpen at that point keep uh, uh, pesky. Like I said, this Marlins team is really pesky. We'll be talking about that anyway uh, with the game recaps. But um, keep a pesky Marlins team at, at bay once uh, Walker got pulled. Yeah, and that was such a rare loss for uh, Alcantara. Like even even if he doesn't win the game, it's like he gets a no decision. So that was so rare to see. Um, but yeah, his offense kind of. I mean, three runs is. Not a lot, but it could be enough to win a game. But the Mets' offense is just too good. Right. And it was kind of all uh, Lindor. I mean, he had four of the five RBIs. So On Saturday, second verse, same as the first score-wise, another 5-3 victory for the Mets. Chris Bassett picked up the win this time around. Gets back above 500 in the uh, win-loss column. 6-5 now near a 4-0-1 ERA. Loss goes to Baltimore Oriole legend Jimmy Yacobonis. His uh, first decision of the year, even 0-1 now. On the year, 3.38 ERA. Sugar Diaz picks up the save again. 16th on the year. Pino Alonso, 2 for 4, 2 solo shots for him. Brandon Nimmo went 3 for 5, a double and an RBI for him. And then Chris Bassett, 7 innings, 6 hits, 3 earned, and 5 strikeouts. Again, really good outing again for Chris Bassett. Needed to get done. And the offense, again, picking up a, a pitcher that probably needed it more so than anybody else at that point. And I can't believe uh, back-to-back games with the score being 5-3. I yeah. don't know when the last time we've kind of seen that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, a good outing for Bassett. Um, offense hit enough again, and, you know, they won the series. Mm-hmm. So it was a good way to start off. 
Yeah, I know um, it, it was actually a really good contested game there for, for a moment. I know Jacobonis actually even made Pitching Ninja um, for a couple of his pitches. and Doesn't he throw a slider? He throws a, a, a slider that really dives in. And um, his two-seam – actually, I don't know if it's necessarily technically a two-seam. I think he technically grips it like a sinker. It's just that it doesn't sink. It actually has sideways run as if it was a two-seam. So um, I know there are a couple overlays. Like he had Pete Alonzo swinging out of his shoes at one point. Um, there was also a sword, I think, by – I want to say maybe it was Nimmo, but I'm not, or maybe McNeil. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember, but – I mean, just uh, he he was on it there for a little bit, and that again, that's why I mentioned. I I, I think um, this is a Marlins team that I don't necessarily think they sell at the deadline. I, I know that they probably won't make the playoffs this year, but like I mentioned, they're pesky. They got a really good young core. Um, that look, I mean, they they were able to keep the Mets at you know pretty much an arm's length all weekend, um, much like what they did uh, last weekend even <laughs> against them. So. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a Marlins team I don't think you're necessarily not hear from again all year, even within the next couple of years. This is so random, but I'm just going to mention it. It's sad to see that Derek Jeter left the organization because they might be turning a corner. Well, <clears throat> so I do have some knowledge on that situation, oddly enough. And it was now that yesterday. You, now so that you mention it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Him, Jason Kendall as well. But um, And Paul Russo, you guys all share a birthday? Yes. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Happy That's birthday. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Even though he's I don't know. 20 years literally older than me. Even though you're not a huge cheater guy. but Correct. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, it was – I don't know if it was as mutual a decision that people might have thought it was. I'll go ahead and say that. So, either way. Um, Sunday, a 3-2 Marlins victory walk-off. Um, for the Marlins, Tanner Scott picks up the win for the Marlins. All the bullpen three and two, a four three four ERA for him. And Malvino, the loss two and two now two eight six ERA. Um, just a rough spot there for for Alvino. Obviously, didn't quite uh, get that pitch where he wanted it to go. I did not realize his ERA is that low. Yeah, I mean he's been a bum the last few years. <laughs> so, Jeez. I mean, you you're just going scorched earth today on things. Like I'm afraid, like to 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 remotely say anything. <laughs> my sunglasses over on my desk. That's why he's not he's not a Yankee anymore. He's. I wish he was. He hasn't really had it uh, the last couple of years, but I guess he's doing all right this year. I will do the offensive key players for the Mets before I get to obviously their starter, uh, because I want to discuss more about that. Brandon Nimmo, two for four, home run, a dar a double. Uh, for him, Pete Alonzo had an d- RBI double as well. Uh, also walked, going one for three on the day. Uh, but shout out to, to to Peterson once again here, uh, Drew Peterson from the Mets. No decision. This time went seven innings, four hits, two earned, and eight strikeouts. Uh, above and beyond yesterday, really, what they needed out of him. And um, yeah, they couldn't quite pick him up, obviously. Um, but I'm guessing for sure now he will be the one staying in the rotation uh, when push comes to shove here in a couple weeks, uh, when they have to more or less get the rotation kind of in line with the first pitchers coming back from injury at that point. Um, I'm guessing he's earned that spot to stay as opposed to where Trevor Williams, I'm guessing, will either go back to the bullpen or, or DFA'd. 
Yeah, back to back good starts for Peterson, um, which is it's kind of surprised me because he kind of got off to a little rough start in the beginning of the year, and all of a sudden he kind of settled in, and it's clear that he wants a spot in the rotation, and I think like you just said, he's going to get it. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, just like again, I mean that job yesterday that he did was above and beyond what what they needed him to do. And uh, I forgot both starts came against the Marlins last week at home and now uh, yesterday. So yeah. just basically shut down the the Marlins yeah. in two starts. Let's get to our news and notes on the Mets. Max Scherzer. He'll make a second rehab start with Double A Binghamton. I guess luckily for him, it's not going to be in the 607. It will be in Hartford, Connecticut this week uh, when that happens tomorrow. Should be in the 585. Oh, wait. I forgot Syracuse Syracuse. is not there anymore. Syracuse is 315. Yeah, I forgot Syracuse is not in Rochester anymore. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, Max Scherzer will not be able to decimate the poor people of Binghamton with a single quote, at least, I guess. It will be at least maybe maybe the citizens of Hartford, Connecticut. I'm shocked. Why not send them to Syracuse? They're home. Yeah, yeah, that one's an interesting one. Um, I'm guessing it's only because distance-wise. And, look, not to get too far ahead, right? Mets are off today. They only have a two-game set with Houston before. Again, another travel day on Thursday to head out of town uh, to play. I believe they're in Texas over the weekend. I have to double-check that. But um, I'm guessing it's because Hartford is a tick closer to New York City. And at that point, he'll be with the team. And I'm guessing as long as everything goes goes good on Tuesday, I'm guessing he'll probably get the start Sunday in Texas. Yeah, no way. I don't think he makes three rehab starts. but I'm guessing as long as everything goes good. Um, I guess uh, he did travel with the team. He did travel with the team down to Miami. Uh, I believe he did do uh, his, when he's healthy, normal routine in Port St. Lucie with the minor league complex down there for everything workout-wise. So um, I'm guessing as long as everything stays the path tomorrow, he, he'd be starting over the weekend at some point. Ran pitcher Colin Holderman rehabbing with Syracuse. He uh, did throw yesterday. I believe he technically got the start even though he's a reliever with Syracuse. Um, again, one of the names that, that did really well at Syracuse, uh, got called up, did really well at Syracuse until he got hurt. Um, plan is to have him, once he's done rehabbing, he will be back up with the big league club, though. So nice positive story again with Holderman. Outfielder Travis Jankowski has officially resumed baseball activities and is still ahead of schedule healing from the bone fracture in his left hand. Timetable is still a little bit iffy, but that being said, like, like I said, um, in fact, he's got activities going already. Um, we're probably a couple weeks out from him, uh, probably getting some sort of rehab as long as he gets clearance uh, healing-wise from the doctor with his hand. Ram pitcher Trevor May is making progress, but we're still a ways away from having a rehab schedule with him. Right-handed pitcher Jacob DeGrom faced linebackers for a second time on Saturday. Um, was with the team a little bit in Miami. Uh guessing as long as everything goes good again the third time around, we should be seeing some movement on the rehab uh, front for him, rehab start-wise. And then a name we haven't said yet on this podcast, I know this, but um, a guy that the Mets uh, were hoping to get back at some point here, and it turns out you may not necessarily need him, but will always be good to have another hand. Left-handed star Joey Lucchese rejoined the Mets for a little bit while they were in Miami. He's still recovering from Tommy John's surgery. Uh, so eight to ten weeks away from a return, but has um, joined Mets camp a little bit. Has been down at Port St. Lucie rehabbing and getting some stuff in as much as he can. Uh, but like I said, still a couple months away at at minimum. 
but um, a name that the Mets were hoping to do really well. Obviously, Tommy John surgery last year, but good to see that he uh, was able to get with the team a little bit while they were down that way, while he was uh, also down that way, obviously, at their camp. Yeah, a lot of good news for both New York teams, which is always good to see, um, especially for the Mets. They got more guys right now that are kind of coming back from injury, but all positive news, as you as you just mentioned. Yeah. So good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, off today for the Mets, two games set again, though, with the Houston Astros uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. Really weird how the schedule was the past couple weeks for the Mets, and it still continues with that. Tomorrow, 7-10 on SNY, Luis Garcia, 5-5 five five in the year, 3-6-8 ERA for him against Cookie Carrasco, who's 8-3, a 4-4-2 ERA. Um, and then on Wednesday, a 1-10 getaway start for both teams on SNY for Ember Valdez, 7-3 on the year, 2.9 OERA against to be announced that is normally Trevor Williams' spot in the rotation. I'm guessing we will not be seeing him if everything I understand happens. So, But it remains to be seen who they will call up or who will get the start of the bullpen if that's the case or anything like that, so... I'm guessing split, guessing they do get the win tonight. Uh, I don't know who, or tomorrow rather, I don't know who will start Wednesday. That That's why I'm thinking split. Who will go with a sweep. Give me the Astros sweep. Hmm. Okay. Just like last week. All right. Let's move on to our minor league teams here before we head on out. Uh, Rochester and Syracuse, obviously they met last week at Frontier Field. Uh, did split the series. Um Kyle, it's quite the interesting uh, weekend, I'd say, for both squads overall. A lot of low-scoring games, like pitching duels. Some ejections as well. Something that's a, I wouldn't say an exact rarity of minor league baseball, but you certainly don't hear about them as often anymore. um, So did you see exactly what happened? I did not. So, like, I was traveling over the weekend. I was away from a lot of things. So um, I know you mentioned to me that was Ventios, I believe, the player anyway. And then Kevin Bowles, the manager. So basically, he uh, it was a 2-1 game Rochester was leading, and he hit a towering fly ball down the left field line, mm-hmm. and it was originally called a home run. And all the Rochester players were, like, signaling that it was a foul ball. Right. So then the umpires gather together before right, right, while he's rounding third base, and as he touches home plate, they say, foul ball. So obviously, uh, the manager comes out, gets thrown out. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't get thrown, Vientos doesn't get thrown out right away. He continues as a bat, strikes out, throws his equipment, and just starts yelling at the home plate umpire. Mm-hmm. And then Rochester ended up holding on for the 2-1 victory. So I guess that was a big moment in the game because that could have tied the game. Right. So that's kind of what happened. It was kind of a wild scene at Frontier Field <laughs> on Sunday. I bet. Yeah, so uh, they 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 they, uh, they split um, kind of, I think, how you actually said it, Kyle. Or no, I can't remember. Either way, last week was a long time ago. <laughs> I think it was you. Did I say split? I think I one said, of us said split. I, I think I said Rochester five of six. Ah, so uh, it was a bit off there. I'll, t- I'll gladly take credit then. Um, Not gonna lie, Syracuse played much better baseball over that. I mean, they they have been. The issue is, as I mentioned, right? I mean, they just got themselves into hole so, so such a deep hole early in the season that no matter what they really do at this point, it's going to be borderline a moot point. And they're pitching so much better too. I mean, they kind of shut down Rochester's offense in a couple of the games and. The bullpen's better. Uh, Travis Blankenhorn has just been amazing. It seems like every night he's picking up a hit. He had a five-hit game, I think it was, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. So, just an insane series from him. Mm-hmm. Rochester, home once again this week. They play the Hussocks. Um, obviously, we I always mention, like, the promos and, and stuff like that. Do you want to mention something that's really cool that Rochester is doing this week? It's called the Intentional Walk. Uh, this whole 
uh, homestand, um, the back end of it. Uh, what they will be doing is there will be an employee of the front office for the Red Wings on a treadmill. Uh, they are raise, raising awareness for mental health, uh, awareness and causes. Um, it's pretty cool what they're doing. It's 24 hours a day during the homestand, during the games that will be going on at night at 2 a.m., in the morning at 7 a.m., uh, there will be somebody uh, walking uh, to raise awareness. Really cool um, what they're doing with that. Um, you know, uh, I think, like like I mentioned, right, minor league baseball, I, I love talking about right, because there's a bunch of quirky, you know, promo- promotions and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, stuff like this is really cool and, and shining a light on a very important aspect of, uh, of society today. All right. Uh, nothing uh, of note for Tuesday for promo-wise, but Wednesday – uh, the place where people go to work night, featuring an appearance by Clay- Kate Flannery, who played uh, Meredith. And um, are we able to say the show name on here if they aren't able to even say it in the promo? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nate. <laughs> He's I mean, producer. yeah, I, I don't think we're regulated, right? Okay, fine. She played Meredith in the office. It's a, it's a de facto office night. But it's the places you go to work. It's the people... The place where people go to work night. The content on their on Twitter and Instagram from them about yes. this has been fantastic. It has. But uh, Kate Flannery, like I said, we played Meredith. She'll be there. She'll be making an appearance. Uh, and then all weekend, preface it with this, obviously, July 4th, Monday, there's no minor league baseball that day. Um, I think there's a couple, like, random games. But either way, no, nothing locally for, for either Rochester or Syracuse. Uh, so Rochester has fireworks all three nights this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, so remember that. Uh, also Saturday, they're giving away sunglasses courtesy of apparently MLB Network, and on Sunday they're giving away American flags. Do you think they're going to um, time the uh, fireworks again to Taylor Swift like they did when we were there? That was pretty cool. It was whack. They didn't play, even play good Taylor Swift songs. I thought it was fun. We didn't get Bad Blood featuring Kendrick. <laughs> uh, beggars can't be choosers there, Paul. Whatever you say, Nate. Whatever you say. Uh, Syracuse, home this week against Lehigh Valley. Wednesday's Bark in the Park night. Uh, no Sasquatch appearance. Luckily, it was planned also the same night there. Um, Thursday, they're having a Juneteenth celebration, also celebrating some Negro League uh, stuff. Um, another a really cool thing that uh, minor league baseball did as a collective whole this past offseason was create uh, a project called The Nine. Um, it's a project that raises awareness of Negro League baseball history, um, Negro League players, uh, no other uh, African-American athletes in the baseball sphere. Uh, that will also be going on Thursday, so that will be pretty uh, cool. I think I'm actually trying. I think I'm going to the game on Thursday, if I remember right. Either way. Friday, Craft Beer Day, uh, also featuring a pint glass giveaway uh, for those 21 and older, as well as fireworks on Saturday, uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. And Sunday also features the Zooper Stars for uh, the S-Mets. Now, have you, do, does everybody know who and what the Zooper Stars are? No, Kyle? Nope. No? Nate? Uh, not ringing a bell, no. Okay, Caleb, anything from behind? No? Okay. So, um, you know the inflatable mascots? You know, like the, like the blow-up, like the best way I can always describe them now at this point, like, you know the inflatable T-Rex costumes that people wear? Yeah. Kind of like those, right? So, um, it's pretty much, they, they do a play on famous athlete names with them. Um, so it's like Michael Flounder or something like that, and some Michael Jordan, and like you know, I would make the joke like Mike Trout, but you know, Mike Trout stuff like that. Um, 
they're the ones who, if you look up on YouTube, like mascot eats umpire. It's that. It's it's them. So they'll be there on Friday or on Sunday rather in Syracuse. <laughs> they're pretty pretty interesting characters to say the least. And just one quick note: both teams actually do play on the fourth. Oh, okay. Uh, Syracuse is going to be at Buffalo, I believe. Ah. And Rochester is going to be at Lehigh Valley, or it's vice versa. But they're both going to be on the road gotcha. July 4th, oh, which is rare. That. But I think this is July 4th. Well, I think the way they did the schedule this year, I remember hearing that if you weren't home on Memorial Day, you'd be home on, on, on July 4th or something like that. But, like, Syracuse wasn't home on Memorial Day, so I was, like, thrown off by I don't know. So if you want to see minor league baseball, I guess drive to Buffalo. Or so Lehigh Field. Or Allentown in Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, yeah, either way. So. And how rare is it that the Yankees don't play July 4th? Really? Yeah. Huh. I love that. Well, they haven't had an off day in a while, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. All right. That wraps up Concrete Jungle for today. Any uh, parting thoughts before we head on out of here, guys? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Favorite weekend of the year, July 4th. My favorite holiday. Well, one of them anyway. We'll talk to you anyway before then anyway, Nate, because we have one on Thursday. Sorry, I'm just excited. Concrete Jungle, as you know. <laughs> Nate's just over, overjoyed. He's getting pizza here in a couple minutes, so <laughs> he's just thrilled. Uh, Concrete Jungle, coming to you live every Wednesday or every mo- Monday and Thursday. I can't talk right now. <laughs> 11 a.m. or somewhere in there. Uh, if you can't watch live on YouTube, you can catch up any time on YouTube. Or catch us on Anchor and Spotify. You can also watch on Spotify as well. Uh, After the fact, for Kyle Evans, Nate Sharman, everybody here, Paul Russo, Concrete Jungle, produced by Nate Sharman. So we'll see everybody on Thursday. Uh, Go Yanks, go Mets, go Red Wings, go uh, S-Mets.